0: Not long ago, in a village in La Mancha, the name whereof I purposely omit, there lived a country gentleman, one of those who keep a lance in its rack, an old shield, a scrawny workhorse, and a swift greyhound. A stew with somewhat more beef than mutton for lunch, cold remainders from the stew most nights, eggs with bacon on Saturdays, lentils on Fridays, and a young pigeon as a special dish on Sundays, consumed three-fourths of his income. The rest thereof was spent on a fine dark coat, velvet hose with slippers to match for the holy days, and a suit of his best gray homespun, with which he honored the work days. He had in his house a woman-servant, who was past forty, a niece who was not yet twenty, and a young man who served him both in the field and at home, and who could saddle his horse and likewise manage the pruning-hook. The age of our gentleman was about fifty years." He had a strong constitution, a gaunt body, and a lean face. He was an early riser and a great friend of the hunt. Some say that his surname was Quijada, or Quesada, for in this there is some difference among the authors who write of this subject, but according to probable conjectures, it may be gathered that he was called Quijana. Yet this is of little importance to our history as long as, in the narration thereof, we stray not a jot from the truth. Be it known, therefore, that this above-named gentleman, at those times when he was idle, which was the greatest part of the year, did apply himself to the reading of books of chivalry, with so much eagerness and pleasure, that he almost wholly neglected the sport of the hunt, and even the administration of his household affairs, and his curiosity and madness came to such a pass that he sold many acres of arable land in order to buy and read as many of these books of chivalry as he could find and bring to his house. But of all these books none appeared to him as good as those written by the famous Feliciano de Silva. The clarity of de Silva's prose and the intricacy of his reasoning seemed as precious as pearls to our gentleman especially when he did read the parts in which lovers express their emotions, and knights issued challenges to duel. There, in many places, he found such written, The reason of the unreasonable usage of my reason does so weaken my reason that I have reason to complain of your beauty. And also he did read, The high heavens of your divine divinity does fortify you with the stars, and renders you meritorious of the merit merited by your greatness. With these and other such passages— the poor gentleman lost his wits. He went without sleep for many nights, trying to understand the sense and meaning of these words, but this task was even more than the great Aristotle himself could have accomplished, though he were to rise from the dead for this purpose only. He was also in doubt about the blows that Don Belianus gave and received in battle, for he imagined that, no matter how skilled the surgeons who cured him, his face and all his body must still remain covered with marks and scars. Yet notwithstanding all this, he did praise the author for concluding his book with the promise of another endless adventure, and many times he himself had a desire to take pen in hand and finish the story as had been promised, and he would doubtless have done so and accomplished it with happy success if other thoughts of greater import had not constantly disturbed him. He had many disputes with the village priest, a learned man who had taken his degree at Siguenza, concerning who had been the better knight. Palmerin of England or Amadis of Gaul, but Master Nicholas, the barber of the same town, did affirm that none could compare with the Knight of the Sun, and if any one could compare with him, it would be Don Galor, brother of Amadis of Gaul, because his nature could accommodate every circumstance. He was not a fastidious or lachrymose knight as his brother was, and in matters of valor did not yield a whit to him. In short. Our gentleman became so involved with his books that he passed his nights reading from dusk to dawn, and his days reading from dawn to dusk. And thus, from too little sleep and too much reading, his brain dried up, and he completely lost his judgment. His fantasy was filled with everything he had read in those books of enchantments, duels, battles, challenges, wounds, courtships, loves, tempests, and other diverse and impossible absurdities. He became so convinced that all these strange stories he read were true that he accounted no history in the world could be more voracious.